0: Welcome to the next exciting talk here at Spacewaves. My name is Kevin Hill. I'm here with Denisa Scott, who is the president of NUS Prime Endeavors. And we're going to talk about new space, we're going to talk about near Earth mining, and we're going to, to, to kind of connect that a little bit with the California gold rush, but uh, we'll build up to that point here pretty soon, but I just want to introduce Denisa right now, and uh, Denisa, could you could tell our audience a little bit about yourself, your background, and Nuss Prime Endeavors.
1: Well, thank you, Kevin. I appreciate that. Uh, Nuss Prime Endeavors is a small, woman-owned small business. Uh, I'm really focusing on the, the challenges that people are facing getting into the new space industry, especially in uh security, physical security, especially uh, with the challenges of uh, space and counter space issues um, and the things that private industry is going to have to deal with, um, getting into the new space, space. Uh, pardon pardon the pun, um, space-bearing nations have been working in uh, the Environment for a long time. Uh, there's a lot of uh, political and di- diplomatic wrangling um, around the issues involved, the various rights and resources. Uh, but there's nothing on or off planet that says that private industry can't get into the game, too. And in fact, uh, the whole point of the government subsidizing. Based technology for so many decades is to get technologies to the point where private industry can get in and the technology is viable enough to, to become a self supporting industry that um, is economically viable for private industry.
0: So, uh, so I, I guess one of the questions is, uh, how close are we? And before we even get to that point, uh, for a novice like me, what exactly is new space? I mean, how do we define that? How do we quantify it? Uh, can you fill us in on that?
1: Well, new space, as people are calling it, is really the, the unexploited potential of deep space. Um, that's the area outside the orbit of the moon around Earth. There are um, a lot of near-Earth objects, not just the planets that are in our solar system. You know, you know, We all know of Elon Musk wanting to colonize Mars and that sort of thing, but there's also a lot of near-Earth objects, um, asteroids that, uh, for instance, um, Psyche, uh, 16 Psyche is an asteroid that is considered a near-Earth object that... Several scientific and um, actually industry surveys have estimated the natural resources, the exploitable natural resources, um, rare earth, um, rare earth minerals, that sort of thing, could be worth as much as seven hundred quintillion dollars on that one rock alone. Now there are Hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of these rocks just floating around in our solar system, um, waiting for people to come join the rush. And it's going to be, as you mentioned earlier, much like the gold rush of 49,
0: what, what type of natural resources are resources are we talking about on 16 Psyche and, and other asteroids or near Earth, near space? Uh, well, what, what kind of is that that total addressable market or that TAM of, of asteroids? The,
1: the things as things as familiar as you know iron, copper, um, potentially gold and silver, things that you know are the the -the run-of-the-mill mineables, but also the rare earth minerals, the things that go into our electronics, the things that are going into the new technologies driving sustainable um, electricity generation, our um, uh, electric and hybrid electric cars, all of the newest technologies, the the things that are going into the uh, newest shipping technologies, whether it's... um, Uh, land or sea vehicles, uh, medical technology, anything that is modern day electronics um, requires these elements. And right now, there's huge competition globally for it. And if we are going to, you know, feed the beast without pretty much Destroying the planet, uh, which, you know, there's a lot of people clamoring that we're doing. We're going to need to find alternate sources, and these sources are within our reach. I mean, we're already just, what, two nights ago, two days ago, or was it three, used a private company to launch the latest crew to the space station. It's here now. It is commercial. Space is commercial. So if you're trucking and logistics companies or eyeing the industry, which they should be because they've already got the technology um, in the works with the uh, autonomous self-driving cargo trucks, the 18-wheelers, you know, they need to get out front. And there's a lot of considerations.
0: There are, I mean, we, we, you, space is commercial now, certainly. How close are we to actually mining asteroids? Uh, I guess going up, attaching uh, a vehicle to, to an asteroid? Or I, I don't even know how that, that even works out. Uh, but it, I'm sure it takes a lot of AI, a lot of autonomy, a lot of robotics to, to do. Uh, how, really, how close are we to mining something?
1: there have already been several um, scientific expeditions that have taken samples successfully. Um, And there are, I know, um, companies planning on getting there first. Um, Quite frankly, you know, the international law states that no one owns, these resources. You can't just sit there and go plant a flag and say, well, this asteroid's mine. But if you go and um, take a big chunk of it, nobody's going to say, well, you can't sell that if you can get it back to Earth. So um, that's, you know, when you're looking at one rock the size of a you know, a couple of football stations, stadiums, or perhaps a little bit bigger, uh, being worth seven hundred quintillion dollars. That's enough to make every single person on the planet a billionaire. So there's a lot of incentives to get out there, which means there's going to be a lot of incentives to try to, I don't know, hijack it on the way back.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. But- what we know about markets, uh, certainly markets on Earth, is that when it's a lure, rich, lucrative market, and we're talking quintillions uh, of dollars, it's going to attract uh, many bad actors, uh, fraud, violence. Uh, you know, and we're we're comparing this to the 1849 California gold rush, which saw the, the the same type of behaviors, right? Well, that's
1: that's why somebody had to ride shotgun on the on the stagecoach. That's why. <laughs> Uh, well, it's you know, where where highway highwaymen came up from. That's why you have so many old uh, country and Western songs and folk songs talking about, uh, you know, what, who was it, Neil Young talking about my widow, you know, stands by my grave, you know, all about some worthless claim, you know, all of these miners that, that, that had their claims jumped and they ended up dead on the, and, and it was complete chaos. It was total lawlessness. There was no sheriff. Do you think there's going to be a sheriff in space? Do you think there's really going to be space cowboys out there coming to the riding to the rescue? No. So, Certainly not at first, right? Not at first. And the international law, the, uh, the treaties and protocols that will, that will define what you can and can't do as a private company is really gonna depend on who owns the pen. So you know, any of these trucking executives that really wanna get in on the game really need to see who's who in the zoo and what are the treaties, what are the protocols, what are the um, uh, agreements going in to affect, uh, where are the international standards and protocols bodies that are going to start uh, writing these standards and protocols for Interfacing you know uh, I, I, there was there was a movie some years ago I'm probably dating myself but the, the, the catchphrase was well lie casual and well do the authentication codes uh, do the authentication codes um, uh, uh, check out Well they're a bit older but yes um, so so how are you going to authenticate say a, a space Service vehicle that is coming up to your automated uh, space truck that's carrying cargo that needs to be serviced. How are you going to authenticate that that's actually a benign servicing vehicle and not somebody that's just going to come up, a, a robot servicing vehicle that's going to come up and grab you, your vehicle and grab your cargo and make off with it? Um, there's a lot of issues that. People are going to need to think about how do you authenticate, how do you determine when those behaviors are um, authentic or inauthentic, what do you do, and when you've got such a long lag in your communications between your space vehicle and your command post, you're going to have to have some autonomy in that vehicle to actually act in one way or another, fight or flight. And it's not going to be, you know, in the old days of, I don't know, Speed Racer, I'm probably dating myself, when you can, uh, when your truck could, when the bad guy's truck could send out spinning razor blades out of his wheels. Um, that's going to be frowned upon probably. Uh, so what do you do if you're you're a space trucking company and your space truck sends out sends out an SOS. Um, how does it behave? How does it get away? Evade? There's a lot of hey, issues.
0: You, yeah, no, there, there's a lot of issues, and it, it brings up the point. Uh, and I, I think this is with all new, all new industries, all new. You know, going back to the 1849 uh, gold rush, uh, new pioneers, new new. New lands that are opened is infrastructure, and uh, the importance of setting up the the right infrastructure, so you know, uh, so you know, uh, so you can actually go out and and do mining and exploit these these raw materials. You need you need this infrastructure. What you're talking about right now,
1: and not only are you going to need infrastructure, and you're going to need um, interim bases where you can. Stop and refuel, or check and and maintain your vehicles, um, that sort of thing. But as humans start to colonize these near Earth objects, or get out to Mars, you're also going to have to have this critical supply line for medical support, for um, perhaps bringing in the infrastructure that will provide and refresh oxygen. Um, the the uh, mechanisms that produce an artificial gravity, the mechanisms that protect those humans from radiation, that's critical because those are human lives. And what happens when that supply chain breaks down? You've got to have a way of assuring that there are, um, that it is robust, that it is survivable, that there are, secondary and tertiary mechanisms of of, um, of relay in case something fails. So you have failovers to make sure because now you've got human lives on the line. So with, once you get beyond even just, oh, wow, now we're making lots of money by, you know, mining rocks in space. Now we're starting to colonize because we are humans, and we're explorers and scientists, and that's what we do by nature, um, then it becomes even more critical.
0: It it, it does, and it seems like uh, there's some laws in place, so there's a beginning of that. Uh, What do you think legally... you know, space law needs to be headed because one of the, the, the you know, you're describing the, the supply chain. Who's going to take ownership? What, what nation states are, are going to, how are they going to divide up uh, territories? I, I know that they're not supposed to, but, you know, politics is politics. And it will probably come to a point where um, where, where nation states or, or parties will, will will try to take some form of control.
1: Well, the... Originally, the original treaties um, regarding space um, and the outer space treaties uh, that have been in place, gosh, since the late 60s, um, international treaties, and I'm I'm not a lawyer, but uh, have been explicit about really no one owning space and no, no country having the right to Set um, or determine law in space. But you know, Elon Musk has gone as far as to say, well, there's no law in space, and there's nobody to tell me that I can't set the government, you know, create my own government on Mars. So that that is a very good question. And as industry executives looking at positioning themselves strategically. Not to be the person necessarily doing the mining, but to be the Levi Strauss and providing that service of outfitting and kidding and providing for the logistics and providing for the transportation, there is a huge amount of money and sustainable economy to be made in that space of the new space industry, and that's where you need to look at placing your advocates or, or building your pack and being able to say, well, how do we as an industry want to be able to protect our vehicles, what is considered a legal, justifiable, and reasonable defense of our Personal fleet. If a bad actor should try to encroach or or um, uh, intrude or spoof or take control of our uh, our vehicles or intercept or interfere in our routes, um, because we don't have highways and traffic signals and 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 state cops and agreements, international agreements with Interpol, et cetera, to chase down and stop the um, bad guys who have hijacked our cargo and fled across the border to Mexico with it. It doesn't work that way in space.
0: And I guess these will become even bigger issues. Let's talk a little bit uh, to, to wrap up the conversation here about colonization and kind of the supply chain uh, with that is, is kind of going off of what you're talking uh, about right now but you know at a larger scale
1: well at a larger scale I mean there have been endless movies that have um, uh, addressed this and and you can look at all those um, those the most recent ones that were very, very um, uh, imaginative in their creativity, but it, it has always been the contractors, the companies, have been the ones. The government is not the one that gets out there and establishes these routes and the and the the interfaces. It's it's private industry that leads the way in the future, now that the technology is Mm -hmm. there and private companies are actually able to survive and thrive um, by doing business in space, they are really going to be the ones who are going to have to get together, organize, and um, come to an alignment about you know, what are the corridors? How do we define these corridors? How do we define um, our the handshakes that we make at these certain points? There are things called um, Lagrange points that are essentially really good spots to set up uh, in-space truck stops because um, they're, they're very efficient and convenient. Um, those are all things that we're going to have to think about because those are the jumping off points to get even further and further and further and um it's it's a very exciting time right now
0: it's very exciting but, it's very complicated you know I thank you very much for your your, your time today denisa uh, how does our audience reach out and learn more uh, about yourself and uh news prime endeavors
1: well, um, I have uh, my, my website is nusprime.com. My email is denise at nusprime, And I'm on LinkedIn. So uh, I'm, I'm pretty easy to find.
0: Great. Thank you very and, much uh, for your time again.
1: Thank you.